When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everyone, welcome to Soap from the Box, the ultimate TV podcast. You might have already listened to one episode this week, or this might be your first, because remember, there are two episodes every single Sunday this series. So if you haven't listened to the other one, listen to it after this. I'm Lee Salisbury, and I directed all of the country's biggest soaps for over 10 years. And on this podcast, I speak to some of the biggest stars of those shows, some of whom are friends, and this guest is a friend. So enjoy. So, born in Stoke Newington, my guest today has toured the soaps, not just Hollyoaks and Emmerdale in the UK, but also Neighbours in Australia, which is amazing. And it's not the only time she's gone down under. Um, oh, that sounds a bit rude, doesn't it? She came second in the fifth series of I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here and got to the semi-final of Celebrity Masterchef. But we all remember her for Emmerdale and playing Trisha. Hi, Cherie Murphy. Hi, Lee. <laughs> I know, trust me, to put an innuendo in there, isn't it? Oh, I know. We're not expecting less. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm not too bad, thank you. Thank so, you. I'm coping in this blooming lockdown, but it's all good. I know, everyone Everyone is just now coping, I think, aren't they? Just surviving in it. But you have actually, I mean, we'll get to Neighbours, but how incredible you also went <laughs> Neighbours. I know it's, a bit, it's so bizarre so bizarre were you a fan of Neighbours like because you were born we we're kind of roughly the same age were you a massive fan when it was huge in like the late 80s yeah I was I always remember my mum saying oh there's this new soap that started because it was you know, obviously on in during the day and uh, I remember her telling me uh coming back from school one day about Neighbours and then it started to repeat in the afternoon so after school you could watch it um, so yeah, I've always always dipped in and out of neighbours, as I have done all the soaps. Um, and I think with the Australian soaps like Home and Away and Neighbours, it's like a real escapism for us living in cold England, which well, yeah. most of the time it's cold. So to watch people sort of, you know, on the beach and stuff was just oh brilliant. So yeah, I was a massive fan of the Aussie soaps. Well, I remember actually you saying that. I remember when they started putting it out in the afternoon. And you know that? I remember it being in the newspapers. It's because so many kids were skiving off school to watch it at lunch. So <laughs> yeah. And it was the difference. Because it. I, as growing up, I used to love watching Grain Chill. That was the programme oh, yeah. that I literally used to like live for. So to have this other soap, you know, that had lots of teenagers in was just so appealing. But yeah, people would bunk off for school oh, just so they could go and watch neighbours. So I think the BBC <laughs> felt they had this, they had this, they had to put it out in the evening. But but you say that about escapism as well. I remember when I went for the job on Emmerdale and actually I asked my mum, because I didn't actually watch Emmerdale um, beforehand. So she, she gave me the lowdown. And I said, well, why do you watch Emmerdale? And she said, oh, just because I'd love to live in the countryside. So I think Emmerdale, to a lot of people, is the same escapism. Do you know what I mean? Because not many people live in a village like that. Thank God. No. I mean, I could never relate to Emmerdale growing up. 
But Carol next door to where I lived loved it because she loved animals. So she would always have Emmerdale on. But I was sort of more grown up, more of a sort of EastEnders because oh, it yeah, just was. was a bit yeah. more relatable to, to how I lived. Do you know what I mean? That In, dark, uh, really miserable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <In Hackney>. oh, <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about, let's talk about um, Emmerdale. So her real name, her full name was Patricia Susan Dingle, <laughs> a.k.a. Tricia. <laughs> She arrived at Hallback out of the blue in September 1998, and it, she was described as a tease and very popular with the men in the village. Quite quickly, having some of Terry and Scott to name, but two. Oh, what, yeah. a, what a what a di- what a difference in type as well, Terry and Scott. <laughs> no, so other end of the scale, aren't they? Bloody hell. Yeah. So, what was it like when you? So, you went for the party. You obviously, everyone always says they remember their first day, like every second of their first day. Do you remember every second of your first day? Yeah, I just remember being so bloody nervous. I mean, because the audition process was quite a long process. I think they auditioned girls. They didn't really know what they wanted. They just knew that they wanted this new character, um, sort of quite young. Uh, didn't matter where she came from. So, obviously, I got the part. Um, and they're moving like I'd never really been up north I don't think I'd ever been up north before living in London so to all of a sudden turn up in Leeds and on to one of the most famous sets in the country was oh my god so nerve-wracking and my first scene was in the Woolpack and I had to walk in and sort of introduce myself uh, because I was looking for Alan Turner my granddad and I just remember just thinking just like taking deep breaths outside the door on set (laughs) you know outside the the Woolpack doors and just thinking come on Shree you can do this is what you've wanted don't mess it up you know and you've got the whole cast there because it's really overwhelming when you join such a big cast and you you kind of you know all their faces and their characters but you don't know them and it's just you know you're seeing them all for the first time it's oh it's amazing but also the most frightening thing ever and this is probably um, a really theme right because everyone keeps saying their first scene was either in the pub or at yeah. some massive event it's like i'm sure i know it's just the initiation worst, it? they do yeah because you know what you know what castle like when you actually are there and everyone all of us are like that when someone new joins you are kind of basically you're looking at them thinking are you any good <laughs> oh totally and I hadn't had like I'd done bits and pieces of work I'd done the bill a couple of times I did a period drama um I'd probably done more sort of theatre stagey stuff so this was like a big deal for me do you know what I mean and I hadn't had a lot of experience at all um but I think at that age I was I was really confident um and I probably that was probably the only thing that got me through it because uh it was like the unknown so I just thought okay I'm just gonna go and learn everything I can and luckily I think when you're like that as a young actor a lot of the older actors or the more experienced actors love to take you under their wing so um Terry uh Billy Hartman who played Terry um he really took me under his wing and you know made sure I was okay and you know would help me with camera angles because on a soap as you know everything is so quick you know yeah so you have to be on the ball and know sort of where to stand and not where to look and this, that and the other. So I always had him. He was like my mentor, which was so lovely. So I just used to soak up everything that the older or more experienced actors used to tell me. I never saw that as, you know, like a diss and saying, oh, you know, who do you think you are telling me what to do? I didn't. I loved it. So, you know, I learned a lot on that show. Yeah, I think when I joined, because I was the same as you, I'd never lived. I'd never come up north. So I moved to Leeds. <laughs> I remember I moved into a flat and I didn't know anyone. And I saw this girl moving in next door. So I thought, oh, God. So I put a note through the door saying, 
just to let you know, I am gay, so I'm not coming on, but do you want to go out for a drink? <laughs> and she's still friends to this day, Colette. But because I didn't, and obviously as a director, enjoy, no one really talks to you because, and you don't really get to see anyone until you start filming. I know, that's the thing. I, I spent lots of lonely nights in the travel lodge um, oh on my own. But I was lucky. I knew Adele Silver, who oh, played okay. Kelly Windsor. I used to go to school with her, but she was a lot younger than me because I'm like five years older than her. So I just remember her as this little tot at school. And then all of a sudden we're together. But her being a Londoner, I mean, she did live up north by then in Leeds. But she kind of really took me under her wing as well. And in the end, we saw, we shared a house and everything. So it all worked out well in the end. And the nice thing actually about Emmerdale, isn't it, is that I found that you, soon you develop a massive social circle. Everyone is so nice. And a lot of the time, so many people have come up from London and stuff that a lot of people are up here on their own. So I formed that kind of massive group of friends really quickly. Oh, definitely. I mean, it, and there was quite a lot of us that were quite young at the time. So you had Lisa Riley, Mark Charnock, Dominic Brunt, you know, and all we, apart from Mark, I think he was married, but everyone was single Ben Freeman so we'd all go out together you know um so we had a really good social life as well which sometimes sort of as you get you know after about six months of being in the show you'd sort of roll in at a certain time and then roll on the set <laughs> yeah. but I think when you're young you can do it do you know what I mean as long as you know your lines you're fine but oh, yeah, yeah no we had a really good social circle um and so much fun in those beginning days definitely and Ben Freeman's just gone into EastEnders hasn't he I know I read that wow amazing. that's so amazing I'm and, so Will, happy uh, and Will Mellor's gone into Corrie as well um, oh my god yeah that, that happened yesterday I know so okay so to get through some of the storylines I do a little <laughs> quiz now you've actually just answered this one in so you'll know this but who was Trisha the granddaughter of Alan Turner of course and obviously that must be amazing I mean I remember going in and meeting Richard because he was kind of obviously was a legend of Emmerdale running yeah. Hubston at that time so that must have been I mean it must be amazing when you go in as a character related to someone so big in the show Oh, definitely, because already you've got like this instant family on and off screen, which is great. Um, and he is such a, he was such a legend, such a nice guy, always there if you want to chat. And he had a really naughty sense of humour as well um, and a little twinkle in his eye. So he was always up for like a, a good joke was, or a laugh. I've heard some you know. of the stories, him and Chris Chattel, some of their lads' nights out back in the days. Oh, my God. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and so he always, he always kind of encouraged, you know, he loved to hear if you've been out or you know, certain things like that. He, you know, he just loved it, listening to all the youngsters chatting about their night out the night before. So he was just such a lovely man and he, he felt like a real fatherly figure, you know, a really nice man. So I love working with him. It was always a pleasure. I know. I think Emmerdale really misses. I mean, it's always going to happen. Like the Betty and uh, Turner and Edna. It's like, oh my God. I know. So I know. It's I that generation love. that were amazing, but are no Shirley longer with Del us. Fox was just, I used to love, I could sit outside with her. Oh, loved her. Loved I know. Um, who was appointed bar manager at the Wolfpack instead of Trisha? Uh, Benice. Yes. Hooray. Yeah, <laughs> <done>. <laughs> A funny story, actually. Um, Samantha Giles, who plays Benice, actually went up for the role of Trisha. Oh, uh, and I remember they? seeing her on our final screen test oh, wow. in Leeds. And I remember thinking, you know, gosh, what an attractive, because she's so attractive, Samantha. Um, and I remember seeing her and thinking, oh, gosh, we're so different. You know, it was only me, her and another girl. Um, and obviously I got the role, but they loved Samantha that much that they wrote Benice for her, which was amazing. And God, we, you know, got on so bloody well. 
uh, on and off screen, but off, on screen, obviously, we argued loads, but we had the best time. I don't think I've ever laughed with someone so much on set than I did with Samantha. She's naughty. She's coming up in this series as well. But oh, you I love that. I mean, it must have been amazing because you had like a mud fight with Mandy Dingle. It must be amazing <laughs> having those kind of insane cat fights that you probably never have in real life because it must kind of be like quite to get it out it's like you get to vent this stuff but it's not real you're all friends oh definitely it's like being around all the fellas and stuff it's like bloody hell you know uh, you're getting to do all this or kissing all these (laughs) fellas and it's like this is not happening in real life but you know it's stuff like that or when you're arguing or having a real good laugh it is nice to sort of vent those things in character so I always re- I always enjoyed the the cat fights. Brilliant. So what was the reason <laughs> Trisha and Marlon left Emmerdale in two thousand three after getting married? Yeah. Oh, we left together, didn't we? And I yeah. where did I go? I went. Did we go on a cruise ship or something? Well, or no, I... even better. You got the chance to work on a Bollywood movie. Oh, the oh god, yeah. I think I left before to go on a cruise ship, or was that someone else? I can't remember. I've got such a bad memory. <laughs> so yes, I left uh, to star in a Bollywood movie and brought the whole production back with me. To the- <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing! So bizarre. So, so bizarre. We had a freaking elephant in the village. <laughs> I know. I remember watching it. I mean, it's amazing what you can get away with in soap, isn't it, really? I know, I know. I mean, I don't know. Do they do stuff as ridiculous as that now? Not, <laughs> I'm not I, sure. I think, it's I all think, a bit more... Yeah, all soap have got a bit more since. I said, I remember being there one summer when, I won't say what year, when we were all like, oh, not sure this year is that great. And the biggest story was like, who was growing the biggest vegetable in the village? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it can go... But soaps go up... To, but I think Emmerdale did go through that slight stage of being... Um, a bit crazy, I know. Catherine, I remember I think something I, Catherine Jenkins in the village singing at the village fate. I know. I mean, listen, I did a bloody scene with Marty Pello from Wet Wet Wet. Did you? <laughs> he was in Everdale. What was he doing? <laughs> he came in to sing, I think, for Kathy. I can't remember <laughs> what it was. And I was flirting around him. It, me and Bernice were flirting around him in the back room in the one back. <laughs> That's brilliant. Well, Nicola Wheeler, her funny story is that they were supposed to get um so in the end, it was played by Anthony Worrell Thompson. But the oh, original yeah. person they wanted was a really this really fit chef. But they hadn't <laughs> changed the script. So Nicola was like, had all these lines. And she's like, oh, God, it doesn't quite work. <laughs> it's so, the other funny one so is Barbara, when she joined EastEnders, she says, because the role had been given to Jill Gascoigne, who then fell ill. But um, Jill Gascoigne was about 20 years old than Glynis, and they hadn't changed any any of the references people like going to in the pub do you need a like do you need a zimmer frame to get out <laughs> oh my god <laughs> like, oh my god do you remember any oh, scenes or any stories that you what was your kind of favorite thing to film there do you remember any really amazing things you filmed um i god this you know when you look back at storylines i think i've just come on screen you know like they repeat I mean, the all the old Emmerdale's. Yeah, the classics. I've just come on this week, actually. Um, I'm so so cringed, though. So I can't even bear to watch it. But I know we had so many funny stories. I loved all the stuff that I did with Benice. Um, We used to have such a laugh together. And, you know, our chemistry on screen was really good because, like, obviously we hated each other. Yeah. Doing that sort of stuff is really fun. So we had good fun with it. And then, obviously, when I was paired with Mark Charnock, wow, we just honestly used to laugh all the time off screen. But our characters, I think, because my character went for a real transition. Because when I first started, like you said, the description of her was a bit 
you know, uh, what was tea. it? Not yeah, tea. tea, a born tease. A tease, yeah. <laughs> and I think um, sort of I'd been sort of playing that character for about a year, playing Trisha like that for about a year. And then I think one of the writers sort of gave me a tip off and said, you know, you're thinking about changing your character in, in any way. And I was like, what do you mean? And there was like, because it was quite boring to play. I mean, I think there's only so much you can do being a tease. It just becomes a bit <laughs> yeah. boring. So then I just started to deliver the lines a bit, you know, like a bit dozy. And anyway, the writers sort of cottoned on and then made Trisha this sort of really stupid ditzy, which was more fun to play. Um, and then it, the kind of the character sort of evolved from there, which was great. Uh, and then they paired me with Mark, which then just it was brilliant. I, I mean, I had the, it kind of, yeah, the pair of us together. Um, it just really worked. So anything that I did with him was great. I mean, I think once we went up in a, like we said, we had a, a, an elephant in the village. We went up on a hot air balloon um, for our wedding. So I think we tried to get married about twice or three times. Um, so, yeah, I kind of. I can't think of anything in particular. Obviously, my leading scenes were oh, yeah, amazing. Oh, we'll get to. That is what you need to do in soap, isn't it? We talk about longevity with people. And it, you do, like Nick Miles, kind of quite cleverly thought what's missing in the village because he saw the kings being killed off every Christmas. He was like, God, yeah. <laughs> I need to change something. And he was like, there's just not a ditzy, stupid guy. So he just started to change um Jimmy. yeah like a real bad boy when he started so and it's kind of what you've got to do to survive isn't it I think in so because we always say the writers are so talented but often they're looking for the actors to kind of put yeah bring something well to the table which is yeah. yeah I think it's important I think people in real life evolve some people change some people yeah. you know you get people that do stay the same but I think as you get older I know I've changed from when I was younger so I think that's a natural thing. Obviously, changing your personality completely to a complete dip. <laughs> yeah, but it's soap. It doesn't matter. It's soap, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and be, you can't be a tip. I mean, there's only so many men she could have gone round. Do you know what I mean? If she's exactly, before stop. it comes like, ridiculous. And like, we'd have new characters that would come in. And one of them uh, in particular, Tim Vincent, who was the old Blue Peter presenter. Oh, yeah. You know, straight away, I had to come on to him. <laughs> and then when they cast Benice's um, husband, Gavin, uh, I, his first day on set, I had to kiss him, and it's just like, "Hi, I'm Cherie," and uh, yeah, we're just gonna full on snog oh, him in a minute. It's just yeah. embarrassing, isn't it? So oh, I always found I mean, those I can't sorts. Even of, imagine it. I know I find those sorts of scenes quite uh, embarrassing. Yeah, give me something stupid to wear or something dozy to say or dance or whatever. I'll do it. I don't care. But yeah, I was. Well, I think I think you know what kissing scenes. I think are really weird because. Um, I think it's that thing that in the end it comes back to you because I think I've seen actors, you know, chewing gum and like in their breath smell nice because in the end it's that it's still quite a normal thing to do. Do you know what I mean? In real life, so yeah, it's like you still. I remember like Danny and Ryan playing Aaron and Robert, who are obviously both straight. Yeah, I used to see them preparing for it because how weird, like you know, to suddenly have a real full-on bash with your. Yeah, I, honestly, it's it's just I don't know anyone that really enjoys them scenes. To be no, honest, no. <laughs> and weird. if they do, they're not telling. Um, no, yeah, but no, I always find them really awkward. But give me anything else to do, I'll make a fool of myself. I don't care. But yeah, not them kissing scenes. Oh, who, no. did, who did Marlon have a one night stand with that basically signaled the end of the relationship? I didn't know this actually that it was her. Yes, this is a bit weird actually. It was Charity Dingle. Charity, yeah, yeah, his cousin. Cousin, <laughs> like what? 
I mean, Emma's, I mean, at charities had everyone. No, I mean, that's one of the. No, oh, I, I know. Everyone, had, but... even family. Yeah, full on family. <laughs> even but, yeah, family. Even... I mean, that would bit. You can see why Trisha was slightly destroyed by that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So she was heartbroken at that. And that's why she decided to leave. And then <laughs> I'm actually going to read this, which was about the exit, because actually, I thought, well, today we can put sad music to this, because I, I couldn't even put <laughs> down. So, Trisha decided to leave Marlon. This is the end of your storyline. In response, Marlon wrote a list of 101 things he loved about her. Once she was ready to leave at New Year, just as a severe storm arrived, of course, Diane gave her the list. As she read through the letter whilst waiting at the bus stop and then in a phone box, she finally realised how much Marlon loved her and returned to the Woolpack. However, disaster struck when a nearby tree was hit by lightning, making Trisha stumble back, while another bolt hit the Woolpack roof and caused a window to collapse down on Trisha and sending the chimney to fall through the ceiling into the pack pub. So then she was discovered by um, Marlon and Diane. Uh, she was taken to hospital. Alan arrived where the doctor informed that Trisha had sustained massive internal injuries and was in a critical condition. While Trisha lay unconscious, she went into cardiac arrest. Uh, Marlon was given the choice to switch off her machine. He was conflicted, uh, but decided it was for the best. Trisha died and her organs were donated. I mean, God, that's uh, yeah, full on. I mean, I remember it's one of the most, I think, remembered bits of soap. Do you know what I mean? It'll forever go down in history, won't it? I think the storm in your death. Oh, yeah. I Yeah, I think it, it was one of those moments. I think because probably people didn't expect that to happen, probably. Um, and I think when, when a, you know... When a big couple, a, especially. Yeah, definitely. And um, because they'd had so much heart, ache because of you know they're broken up got back together and people didn't want to see them breaking up they wanted them to stay together because you know they were a good couple together um and then obviously she decides to go back after this lovely letter that marlon had written dopey cow got bloody got hit by a tree didn't (laughs) she (laughs) could only happen to trisha i know if only she hadn't hadn't read the letter in the bus stop and then moved to the phone box i know or if only the bus had come on time and she could have got on the bus and you know the safety of the bus and then got the bus back uh but yeah it was um it was very dramatic it must Um, have been amazing to film that i mean obviously we know i know i've done big stunts it's uh, i mean actually it's horrendous to film as director but it's exciting, isn't it, when everyone... Yeah, very exciting. It was, um, you know, we had, like, these massive wind machines and rain machines on set. Um, we had the air ambulance, come, you know, that were, like, pulled up on a field. It was, honestly, it was amazing. And then, obviously, as the... I watched uh, all the explosions happen from the side of the set, you know, because there's only certain times you can be in the, you know, the scene for safety reasons. But it was just when the wall pack all fell on me, you know... It did explode out, but obviously all the bricks were spongy bricks, so I didn't get hurt. But it was just, yeah, it was amazing and exciting, but obviously quite a sad time as well. Because yeah. I, you know, at the time, you decided I decided, leave, obviously. yeah, I decided to leave, but it was under sort of circumstances. I think my dad had just died. Um, I just had a baby. Uh, so I had two, you know, two little ones under the age of two. And my husband was moving football clubs and they asked me to stay another year. And I just remember thinking, because oh, my I just wanted to spend some more time with my mum in London and yeah. this, that and the other. I was in the wrong headspace. And I remember Steve Frost, the um, producer, who's now Steve November, uh, he said, um, when I told him I wanted to leave, I just said, you know, what I really should have said, oh, I just wanted to take a bit of time out. But, you know, my head was all over the place. And he said, oh, great. He said, we've got a really good storyline, actually. We're going to kill about four people off. But um, <laughs> we're going to give it to you now. And I was like, oh, OK. So it was a bit of a shock. And I suppose 
like now when I look at it and I think, oh, maybe I should have sort of fought and said, no, I'll, I will come back. I just need some time out. But then I look at all the other things that I've done since exactly. I've left Emmerdale. I kind of think things happen for a reason, don't they? But I think I was just really sad because I loved playing Trisha. I loved her. I loved her so much. Um I think it's so really sad hard. when a big character, yeah, goes because it's Yeah, like, and it's hard that you think I'm never going to play that character again. Because um, you've obviously but, yeah. played, now so many people are going back to soaps as well. Obviously, Claire's gone back as Kim Tate. Yeah. So, but Which I is think, an, such an iconic character. People do, you know, they remember her and they want her to come back. So it's great when, I love it when any old character comes back into a soap. I love it. It's just brilliant. So it would have been nice to do that, but, you know, Things that, you know, what's meant to be is meant to be. In I do, and I always reason. think, I mean, God, I've done so many of these now with the people that have been killed in the show. And I think it is quite nice. At least the door's closed, I suppose, that you can't always hanker onto it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and it would be awful. They, imagine, if, imagine if they didn't want you back. Exactly. <laughs> so embarrassed, wouldn't you? You'd be like, oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to sell them. I finally want to come back now. Like, mm, actually. <laughs> not for me. Not for us now. That'd no. be terrible. <laughs> I know, so yeah, at least that won't happen. Thank you. But God. I think the hardest thing leaving Emmerdale is it's just uh, out of all of them, it is such a brilliant family, isn't it? You do feel like I mean obviously everyone remains friends, which is really nice, but there's nothing like going to work with your mates every day in that Nothing like it, honestly. I mean I've had I've done some other like really good jobs, but they've always sort of had a beginning and an end and it, that's it with Emmerdale, it was just you know constant. But I loved I loved going to work. I never woke up one day in the six years that I was there and thought, oh, I've got to go to work. I loved it. I loved my job. It was what I always wanted to do. And I was lucky enough to do it in a place like Emmerdale with the cast and the crew that, like you say, you know, a lot of them are still really close friends of mine after all these years. I just love that building. I love that place. It's got such a great vibe. Um, So, yeah, I miss it. I miss that. I miss going in every day and playing that stupid character <laughs> yeah I miss well I used to miss the old building actually because remember it moved to the big building and actually I used yeah to love, I used to love where the tours are now I used to love that little building because it felt so on tv you could I know I when know. I first arrived just... I was expecting a huge big amazing building it was like oh it was, it. Yeah, it was tiny and I love Leeds as well Leeds for me like being yeah. in Emmerdale completely changed my life I you know met my husband in Leeds um and finally, when we left Leeds, which was about, I think my husband moved to Liverpool uh, Football Club. And then I stayed in Yorkshire for another year because I couldn't bring myself to leave because yeah. I loved it. And I cried the whole time. Like I cried for days because I, I live near Manchester now over the, you know, over the other side. Um, and I love it. I love it where we live. But there was nowhere quite like Yorkshire. Um, and it, and it holds my my son was born in Leeds. Um, like I said, I met Harry. So, you know, I owe a massive massive thanks to Emmerdale. For, I, you know, I remember leaving for Leeds, and everyone in London was like, nobody had been actually, but it was like, oh, you're going to Leeds. And, um, I know it just sounds, but it's the best I, city. I, I agree. I mean, I'm still here. It definitely is the best. Yeah, city. I love it. It's such and, a great city. So yeah. And so then Trisha, I mean, she's been mentioned loads. I mean, they won't forget her. Poor Donna. I think Donna got her, Trisha thrown in her face quite a lot when she was with, <laughs> with Carlon. Even told Donna that you were the love of his life. Um, you got mentioned. You got mentioned at Alan Turner's funeral. <coughs> and after Laura ran over the dog, Daisy, when she was drunk, um, Marla was furious that the final link to Trisha had gone. Oh, Laurel. How can you Aww. ever expect Laurel to be the one? To finally destroy the final link of Trisha. <laughs> Trisha's memory. I know yeah. I've, said, 
some some people say like I've if I've missed it, but I, I think a friend of mine said, "Oh, um, uh, she's a actually no, a friend of mine is a director. She's direct sometimes on Emmerdale, and she said, oh, 'Oh, I've just taken a little walk down to the graveyard,' and she sent me a picture of my oh, your gravestone. Yeah, <laughs> I think I've got. Bring it out. I know you've got the nicest one of the nicest gravestones there. Actually, oh, yeah, because oh, you know lovely. you know the story that. Um, if you're on the crew and you've been there years and years and years and you leave, you get a gravestone as well. Do you? I never knew that. Yeah. So there's some, there's some like past, present. Uh, oh, that's such food. a nice, I mean, it's a bit weird, but it's a nice touch. It's a bit weird. There's one, I know there's one guy who came back and was like, it's very weird seeing my gravestone. Yeah, that is a bit creepy. But that's such a nice little touch that they're always remembered. But you know, I was like, well, when you do finally go, it's already set for you. You could just throw the ashes in, in your yeah. in grave. Great. Get them round there. Yeah. So, well, anyway, so Trisha will always be remembered for Emmerdale. But let's quickly move, before we move to other stuff, let's move to Neighbours, because you played Dakota Davis. I have to say, I'm going to have to, I never watched you in it, so I'm going to have to. Not only is it Neighbours, but you also went in as an old girlfriend of Paul Robinson. I know. <laughs> like, what? who she met travelling in Brazil. I mean, it gets better. Um, <clears throat> and what I love, I'll just read the storyline you had when you went in. I mean, it's uh, literally great. Um, you're first, you arrived and slapped Paul Robinson in the face. Uh, you conned him into buying you a bar, used it to hide a diamond smuggling ring, <laughs> and eventually <laughs> feed and blackmail points, giving her 10,000. Like, what? <laughs> I know. I only in so... a short space of time. Oh, I know. It's like a whirlwind. Um, yeah, it was just so bizarre. I mean... How did it come about? How did you get the role? So we were living over in Australia when my husband went over there to play because he's from Australia. So the first time we went, uh, I was pregnant with our youngest and they offered me a role then, but I couldn't because I was pregnant and um, we planned to come back to England because uh, my mum wasn't very well. And then we went back over there a year later and they got back in touch and said, we'd really like you to, you know, we've written this role for you. Um, you know, it's only, like, I think it was only a couple of months filming, which worked in with me because we were living there. And then again, we were coming back to England. Yeah. So, um, and I was living in Melbourne where it's filmed. So I went along and met the producer and, you know, the character, like you say, it was a bit of a whirlwind story, a bit of a, uh, a bit of a, yeah. you know, out there character, but it was good. And I just thought, come on you know when are you ever going to get the chance to be in neighbors i know so and, and you, because i love you australia test, you, you know, didn't I, have to screen test with Stefan dennis who plays Paul no i didn't have to do anything i mean i had to wow, go with the producer brilliant. i did offer my services as an australian because i can do quite a nice australian accent but Great. they said no <laughs> no we'd just be from london so yeah my first day was in lassiter's wow. of all places like another iconic um sort of place in a soap and I had to yeah slap Paul Robinson around the face and then kiss him passionately oh which you can imagine now how I must have felt because I've said I don't like that but Stefan was I mean what an icon anyway I mean I grew up watching him I know and now here I am smacking him around the face and then kissing him passionately but no I loved it makes you do isn't it and what was it like what was it like? Was it any different to filming in a UK soap? Did they work in the same way over there? They worked exactly in the same way as Emmerdale. It was very organised, very um, just everything, the way they sort of send you scripts. The only thing they do get time to do is rehearsal time, oh, which wow. is unheard of uh, on Emmerdale and probably on a lot of the other soaps. But yeah, we did. And we get and they give you um, like different days. So you have a rehearsal day. 
yeah you'd have a rehearsal day so all your scenes yeah which was great just sort of they'd block them out in a proper rehearsal room so that was quite good especially for a new character coming in you get to rehearse um and meet everybody which was great um but yeah the cast again it was quite a young cast um but I loved them. They were so lovely. And I'm still in touch with quite a few of them now, even though I was on there for only a short stint. I did do it again a couple of years ago. Yeah, where my character in 18, didn't you? Yeah, she came up again. But this time it was in London under um, Tower Bridge. I had a scene which was quite iconic as well. But no, it was good. Really good. And everyone, like I said, everyone was so lovely. Unfortunately, it was winter in Melbourne when I filmed there. So it was bloody freezing. So I didn't get to film in the sun. And did you go to Ramsey Street or the pretend Ramsey Street? No, I was. I did go oh. there, but I was never. I never did a scene there. Just Lassiter's mainly. Oh, okay. Um, I did actually. Yeah. I have to say, I did when I went out with someone from Australia. We did do the tour. Um, oh, did you? Quite embarrassing, but I did want to see. I actually went for a job there years and years ago as well, and got the job, but then met Paul, my husband. So I never ended up going. Oh to my different... god! Yeah, it's so god, funny how our lives wow. kind of But it was quite weird being on the actual Ramsey Street, and one of the neighbours was out. One of the people was out, obviously so pissed off at this. Not only did they have them filming there most days, but also they had a tour when they weren't there. They have a tour every day there. Every yeah. day. Can you imagine? Yeah. I know. So Dr. Carl, Alan Fletcher, um, he always meets the tour bus. He's such a lovely man. Um, and he'll oh, go and meet them all. Yeah, he's, and he does it off his own meet back. my tour bus. Didn't he? No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. You must have been busy that day. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Right. So I'm going to talk to Stefan Dennis really quickly. And I can't play much because do you remember his song? And then I'm going to give you a little. uh, This was his. Do you remember this? Yeah, I don't. I like the song a bit, but I remember the video more. Walking through the dark. So I and he had like leathers on, didn't he? Yeah, proper leather trousers and leather jacket. <laughs> uh, so there's three more neighbour stars here. You've just got to guess who these are. This one's first, really easy. That's Craig McLaughlin. Yes, Mona. Oh my god, what a tune that is! <laughs> this one, you'll remember this easily. Natalie and Brulia. Yeah, yeah, and the Gorgeous. video. Got Jeremy Sheffield in, who used to be in Holly Oaks, uh, Holly, uh, Holby City that I work with. Yes, and, he did, didn't he? Yeah, that's Jeremy Sheffield. Everyone was like, that hot guy. My mum was destroyed that he's actually gay in real life. Because she was like, but he was in that video kissing Natalie and Brunia. My mum is still gay. This one probably really hard. And this probably is the worst song ever to come out of Neighbours. It's two of them. Was it the Blakely twins? Yes. Oh my god, well done. I mean, they were gorgeous, but literally, even so like, beautiful, yeah. But the, oh, yeah, the song was a big hit. hasn't helped, yeah. Then, <clears throat> um, so you didn't feel like releasing a single when you came out. <laughs> Did you sing? Imagine if I just went into neighbours so I could release a single. Release a um, single would be brilliant. No. You do Stefan Dennis's song, you re you rehash that. <laughs> yeah, I should have done. I got him to be in it and like get on the back of the bike with me. No, I just I can't really sing, so I may, maybe I would have done if I could. No, I'm yeah. joking. But I can't believe how many people, like how many actors that came away from that show, pop stars. Well, because it was insane. so back in like, and now I've got some neighbours and home away people on this series. Actually, I'm speaking to the guy who played Clive and Melanie, who were like in it back then. With um, they've just gone back in. But, I mean, it was yeah. huge over here, wasn't it? And, and yeah. I, it was just so massive. So a song would go 
Straight number one. But you also were in, I mean, God, you've done so many. So you were also in Hollyoaks briefly as Eva Strong. Um, yes. So that was quite a short stint, wasn't it, with you were there? Yes, it was. I, did, I think I've, I was there for about a year. But Hollyoaks, as you know, it sort of kind of focuses on the youngsters, um, especially when I was in it. So I think it's going in as a parent, you, you know, you're not in it as much as the, the kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, that was another just bizarre I actually went for the audition for that um and got it uh and yeah it was good it was different I think it was like one of the first things I'd done since like acting things I'd done coming out of Emmerdale so I hadn't acted for so long so again going into such an established um soap was daunting and especially because people knew this time people knew you, you, were, you know, or they yeah. remembered you from Emmerdale off, off the telly so I think the added pressure is god it's awful because you know I've still got all those and nerves I still yeah and I just think and it's that more when I obviously when I went into Emmerdale no one knew who I was I was yeah. young you know didn't matter inexperienced whatever but now yeah the expectation was massive um but everyone was so lovely and what talent it was on that show as well some oh, really talented I mean, I, actors it, it's very different isn't it because it's single camera I found it quite tough because I was uh, used to the way the other soaps work and obviously because it's single camera it works a lot differently bloody forever there's yeah. a lot more units <laughs> so you, I was sometimes in for one scene and then resting for five hours which I know actors do all the time and I found it quite tough because it yeah and I it was my first taste of single camera and I was like oh my god yeah, it was that I found that really tough and as well because you're giving it all for your performance, for someone else's performance. And, and you just hope that actor yeah. is just as generous as you when the camera turns finally turns around on you because you have to do it so many times. Many times. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I did find that a bit hard. And this is what's bizarre because you spit obviously we've come we come from the other way. We come from multi-camera. So often people could never live without single camera. I actually find it quite hard now, singing because I think there's nothing better than when you get like I remember just doing the cop dead episode and we got the scenes in one because we rehearsed and I don't think we'd ever get that raw emotion if we did it 14 times do you know what I mean no yeah you've really got to have your yeah you've got to have your wits about you and make sure you know every performance is exactly the same but like you say if you're doing it 14 times it is hard and you just hope that you know it's I think going in as a young actor to somewhere like Hollyoaks I don't know actually I think it would I don't know, because sometimes I think, I don't know if I'm going to say the right thing now, because I think if you're going in multi-cameras, everything is caught, you know, on every yeah, angle. Yeah, yeah. So it's quick and you have to be very quick when you're doing multi-cameras and the speed of that kind of, you know, the way that you film at Emmerdale. And I think Corey and EastEnders are the same, aren't they? Yeah. Um, I mean, so I think it looks, obviously it looks better, but I do think there's something quite magical about what you can get with. Um, I mean, obviously we know multi-camera for people listening, you have to, it's like the actor's, New actors, you can tell, are stepping people's lights and shadows, isn't it? Because you don't get lit. Yeah. Your person, so suddenly you're blocking someone totally out, which I always remember people, some people just never get the hang of that. <laughs> yeah. It, no, like... it's true. It's true. And I think on it, I suppose if you're a young actor going on to a multi-camera soap um, or drama or whatever, um, I think you probably would learn a lot quicker. Because imagine going from single camera and doing that for years and all of a sudden being chucked on to Emmerdale or one of the other soaps oh God, and it, you'd, be like, what? you'd be like oh my god the speed mm. because on a, a single camera they take ages to light the set don't they oh yeah rest. yeah i can <clears> imagine <throat> people that have never done that you know coming from dramas and stuff where they don't you know work at that speed and that's why i think you know uh soap actors do get a sort of a you know not so much now but i think a lot of 
you know, other actors that have never done it at that speed really respect soap actors. Oh, yeah, totally. If you can do soap, you can do it. I mean, it's, yeah, I think. Do anything, yeah. When they come on for guest parts, you can see people going, because I actually think coming on as a guest part in soap, you know, like, if you get a line of two lines as a policeman, it's I feel so sorry for them because you can't aim. You can't deliver yeah. anything. You're just an information giver, and they're always so. You know, that's. I mean, how can you not be wooden? Do you know what I mean in that way when you're trying to? You're so I know, perfect. and also it's like your big moment. You've got some lines on a soap, like a massive soap, and you're in and out. <laughs> you, you just say hello, madam, or something. Oh my god. But let's talk about you. So you were born in Stoke Newington and you, I didn't know you were the only girl in a family of five children. Yes, four brothers. So four brothers. So what was that like growing up? Um, it was good. I mean, the only probably thing I got treated differently is that I had my own room, uh, uh, whereas my nice. brothers um, had to share a room. Uh, but I know I was always sort of treated the same. I was probably a bit of a tomboy because I had so many brothers. Um, and my mum was like desperate for me to be super girly because she'd always wanted this girl, but I probably disappointed her being a bit of a tomboy. And I'm still a bit of a tomboy now, actually. Were you, um, the, last, were you the last of the five then? No, I'm right in the middle. Oh, right in the middle. Okay. Two big brothers and two younger brothers. So, and I'm really close to all my brothers. I'm obviously, I left uh, London when I was 23 and I stayed up north. They're all still down south, but we're all really close, close family. Um, and you went to you went to two brilliant drama schools, didn't you? You went to uh, Sylvia Young. Yes. So uh, I started at uh, Italia Conti, and I was I always used to say this. It was like my moment. I was the youngest pupil they ever took in seventy five years. Oh, I don't know why because oh, wow. I auditioned. Is that always your first line of your emails to people? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's like the um, line. So I started there at the age because you were supposed to be 11 and I was I auditioned when I was nine and they accepted me at nine and wow. I started when I was 10. So I did like the first year twice um, and I loved it. I loved it because I always danced as a kid. Um, and when I auditioned, my mum always said, because we've come from a council estate in Hackney and, my mom, and I begged her, I was like, please, because this older girl in my dance school um, went to a, to Conti's and I begged my mum, she oh, I don't know, Sheree, I don't know if you'll get in. I was like, please, please, I wouldn't let me try. Anyway, I had a tap dance and a crappy little poem and I got in. And the girl on my audition, because there was a few girls, um, was uh, actress Emily Lloyd Pack. I don't know if you oh, remember wow, her. yes, yeah. Yeah, and her dad used to play Trigger in Only Falls and Horses and he yeah. was there. And I remember saying, oh, wow. oh my God, it's Trigger from Only Falls and Horses. So we were the only two out of that group that got into the school and she was older than me. And she always, because she come, uh, she lived near me. Uh, she lived in Islington. I was in Hackney. And when I was little, when I first started the school, she looked after me. She was such a lovely girl. I loved her. Then obviously she went on to be a movie star, and I never saw her again. But <laughs> she, was, <laughs> she was lovely. She yeah, she used to take care of me. Bless her. Well, that comes around in circles as well, because weren't your wasn't one of your first TV appearances as. A female mother. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I was in Only Fours and Horses. Yeah, how brilliant. Were you with Jason and Nick or? Yeah, we were with Jason and uh, Nicholas Linthurst. Yeah, they were in our scene because it was that iconic, where everyone says it's an iconic scene. I think it is. It's the Batman and Robin one. Oh, are you in that scene? Yes, I'm in that scene. Um, So we actually didn't. So we saw them dressed up and we saw the set was like a closed set because obviously at the time, Back in the day, when Only Fools and Horses used to film a Christmas special, it it was like they didn't want anything leaked, nothing. So it was like a real close set. We had security and police 
well, all around the set. It, actually, they said they even covered it all up. Like there was a huge cover over the top, so you couldn't even look down into the road. Or yeah, it was literally so cloak and dagger. Um, anyway, so when we actually did the scene, because I played a Peckham mugger, um, <laughs> I think I might have been Peckham mugger too. Um, <laughs> um, we actually saw them dressed up as Batman and Robin, but they they were in the scene on screen, but we didn't actually film it with them. So when we had to react to Batman and Robin running down the road, there was actually nobody there. Oh, no. Um, yeah, no, but they let us see them in their costume. Um, I think it was just all for security reasons. and They didn't want, you know just you know people mingling and talking and this that and the other but yeah what an honor I mean I, I grew up watching Only Fools and Horses so when I got the part I just my family we couldn't believe it I was like blimey I think that is horses. still one of the most watched TV but that that episode is still one of the most watched TV yeah like ever. every Christmas people always message me and go I can't believe I've just seen you on Only Fools and Horses oh God, I always forget that, that I've done that it after this because obviously I've seen that scene but I obviously haven't put two and two together and seen it's you I, could, oh, I, watched, I watched one the other day. Gash has been one of my like go-to box sets because I'm watching them. And Jake uh, from EastEnders appeared in one of them as a really young Jake. Oh, Wood. did he? Yeah, he's oh. like working in the office with Nicholas Linders. I texted him going, "Oh my god, I've just seen you on Eddie Falls and Horses." Oh, I love it. I love it when you spot someone, you know, from back know. In the day and then see them from something back in the day. I love it. Um, and then obviously you did I'm a Celebrity, where you came second to Carol Thatcher. I mean, what? How can Carol Thatcher win? But um, you were known. You were known of being scared of everything. I mean, you're one of the people that like you would pay money to go in there. It's like Charlie Webb and Glynis. Do you know what I mean? It's like you know you're gonna like. Did you did you think it was what like was it better than you thought it was going to be? I mean, I think I would find it horrendous. A, I can't sleep unless I'm in a bed. I would hate the thought of creatures. Where, oh no, it was like when they asked me to do it. All my family were like, "Don't do it. You'll make an absolute fool of yourself." <laughs> so I think when people say "Don't do it," I just automatically makes me want to do it and I think you know um and this was like back in the day before social media so we didn't yeah. have any of that pressure thank god because I couldn't imagine now everyone sort of at touch of a button can comment on what you what you're doing let's leave has moved down your arm or something yeah. oh don't so I I mean I literally would have to take a Valium to fly any further than you know four hours on a plane because I'm really scared of flying so even to get out there was a bit of a trauma for me (laughs) I'd never been camping in my life so to be sleeping outside but I think um I probably made the mistake of saying all this you know when I spoke to producers (laughs) so dopey um so yeah they did throw everything at me but I there was a point I think uh, when I first met up with the rest of the the camp um, they split us up and half of us had to get thrown out of an aeroplane oh to meet God. the other half. I mean, that for me, I remember just saying, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And then all these cameras swarmed around me and the, you know, the guy was going, you realise you're going to let everyone down. I was like, well, I don't care. I just want to go home. I just didn't want to do it. Well, anyway, I said, I'll go up in the plane. I'll sit there, but I'm not getting out. I'm not getting out. And I just remember shaking so much. <laughs> and then I remember my husband said to me, if you get you know, throw, anything thrown at you, Sheree, he said, promise you have to do it he said because you'll get picked on every night and that was the one thing I didn't want to do because I couldn't handle getting doing all those trials every night so I just plucked I just threw myself out the plane and it worked so I didn't get picked on Um, I actually got bought that for my 40th birthday I was like oh thanks everyone um I know I don't we went the highest you could go I only did it the other month I've been putting it off for years um god it was I mean just, I mean, I've got the videos, but it's that moment that you're sat, like literally looking out of the plane. 
don't. They just open that bloody oh door and say, dangle your legs out. And, and you're out I mean, around was, in the clouds. Everyone says it's the best experience of your life. It definitely wasn't. Like, I found it still. <laughs> like, when your breath goes at first, I thought I'm dead. I thought I was literally dying because <laughs> I couldn't breathe. And then he said, like, when we went down, he was making me go pull the things. We were flying around in circles. And I literally was trying, I couldn't tell him to stop because I was going to projectile vomit. I thought, if I projectile vomit, it's going to go all back on him. Oh, no. Well, Carol Thatcher vomited all over herself oh, and she- her tandem guy. <laughs> Luckily, I wasn't sick. I mean, when I got down, as soon as my like, I touched the ground, it was like, oh, my God, that was amazing. But I think for the next sort of week, I, it, I kept dreaming about it when I was in the jungle and like waking up in a start, you know, like feeling sick. I'm, I mean, I'm glad I did it. Would I ever do it again? Absolutely not. No, I, Never. Yeah, I'm the same Never. as you. And what was the point? <laughs> because I always think on those, what seems to be on I'm a Celebrity is the way you're thrown into that with everyone else. You make this amazing bond. Like, did you find that that? you found an amazing bond with everyone. I suppose I would have loved to, I'd love to do that experience, but I wouldn't. Do you know what I mean? Because I'd love to put myself through it. Yeah, my husband always says that. He said, I'd love to do that, but without all the cameras. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it is. Because it's something that you've not, you know, you recognise everyone from the telly or, you know, some of them you might know. So, but you've not spent that much time with them and you're all shoved in there. I think certain people probably play up to the cameras. You can kind of see that. Um. Uh, but then I think it doesn't last because you can't act 24-7. You just, you know, your mask will eventually slip. Um, but, yeah, you do. I'm still friends with Jenny Frost, Anthony Costa, um, Sid Owen. So, I, I, you know, I still keep in touch with them. And, you know, I did it in 2005. Um, I, oh, I bumped God, into David mad, Dickinson. I know, it's so long ago. Yeah, I bumped into David Dickinson at an awards do and stuff like that. So it's, you know, I've got really fond memories and I'm really well, I glad I did it. I so no, it was a really, a really positive experience for me. I know it's not been the same for other people, but I absolutely loved it. And if someone asked me to do it again, yeah, I would definitely. I, need, I don't regret it. We still it. need to persuade Charlie Webb to go in. Can you I know, imagine? She has to do it. Can you imagine? That would be gold. She would be gold. I'm trying, Linus, I'm trying. Linus Barber and her would be absolute gold. They're the people... Oh, I'm, they have to do it. Oh, my God, that'd be amazing. And then, obviously, Celebrity Masterchef, you did really well as well. I mean, how... That must have been... That's a great show, because it's a totally different kind of celebrity show, isn't it? It's not about the celebrity. Yeah, and that was really... Like, they don't tell you anything. Like you, Obviously, you just know the show because you've watched it. But when I turned up for my first day of filming, they don't tell you who's who you're doing it with. And literally you all arrive at separate times you all get put into a holding area into a room so when you walk in you see those people for the first time you don't meet john and greg until you know when you see all the celebrities walk in and line up that's the first time you see john and um greg and they don't talk to you in between or anything so everything that's filmed so all those reactions of people being nervous and when they come up to them it's so real yeah it's all genuine um Oh, I loved it. It was so good, but it was probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. I've never cooked so much in my life because I practiced like a crazy woman, which the family loved. Um, oh, and God. I learned so much as well. Have you always from... loved cooking? Have you always liked yeah, cooking? Yeah, yeah. I think it's something I don't necessarily I love food and I love nice food. I suppose but... when you have a family, you have to when you start having Yeah, food, you have to cook. You have to start I... cooking. <laughs> yeah, and I and I felt I did it because at first when they asked me to do it, I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I wouldn't be good enough. I'm just I'm a basic cook. But then, like my agent said, no, I think you'll really enjoy it. We've had other clients that have done it. So then I, she persuaded me to do it. And it was one of the best things I'd done. Um, like I said, I learned so much more. I've become much more confident cook. And I fell in love with cooking again. Whereas 
before that it was just like a chore to me yeah, so now it. yeah i love it and i got a, a show off it i did um yes chef yeah, for bbc one i know bloody i didn't even win and i got a show i couldn't believe it <laughs> but i met again you meet lots of other lovely celebrities i became really good friends with um rylan who is lovely um so yeah you kind of get to meet other people and who you never thought you would meet but you've watched for years and admired so that was that's always good fun to do sh- shows like that i think i think that's what is nice about being a celebrity is that you get to do i would do so many of those i mean my dream of being to do strictly i would have you have you ever thought of doing strictly um yeah i have i mean i was i think i was asked to do the first ever series when wow. i just left emmerdale and i said no because i wanted to I left because I wanted yeah. to spend time with my family. Oh, yeah, family. yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, no, it's never really come up since. I would love to do it. I, I think I'd be a bit scared because I think, God, I don't know if I'd remember all them steps or imagine if you tripped I mean, down the stairs just I going know, on. Everyone I know has done it because Kat tells me the last one said it is the most intensely like mad thing. It's because imagine and your body, just because I mean, I'm not that fit to your body. No, same. Suddenly, I think, um, I think now that my kids are a bit older, I could probably commit to something like that because you yeah. do. Everyone says you have to just like, like six or well, four months of like pure training and this, I'm that wearing, and the other. I've been wearing heels all day. and oh God, see, I never wear high heels now. I'm always yeah. in flats or slippers. You have to do the <laughs> in it. It's like, oh, my God. I know. So, yeah, I would love to do it. It would be good. Do you know what? I'd love to do something like that for the kids. But then I'm also very mindful as well now. If something comes up and now that they're older, I don't yeah, want to like, embarrass them. do do that. Yeah. <laughs> so but I would think- like I mean I would like to do another I mean I know I've been greedy with the soaps I've done three but I wouldn't say no to another soap either oh there we go so what have we got <laughs> in EastEnders you'd be great it'd be brilliant to see you in EastEnders oh that, do you know when I was little that was like my dream to be in EastEnders Grange Hill in EastEnders um, and I still you know I watched the first ever episode of EastEnders I remember it now like me and my brothers and my mum sat in the in the living room waiting for it to come on, you know, this hype about this new soap. Um, and I've just loved it ever since. I mean, I love all the soaps. They're always on oh, in our I house. I love it. Well, I, my first work experience ever was on Grange Hill. <coughs> no. Yeah, so oh, I got to turn so around talking, and it was at Boreham Wood. So also EastEnders was there and Top of the Pops. Oh, my God. So I just oh, remember being God. in heaven. I remember one day having lunch and there was Doc Cotton on one table, Madonna <gasps> on another table in the canteen. And I was with the Grange Hill cast that I was like spellbound by because I used to Oh, my it. God. Like, oh, that sounds No. What what's your, fa- turning it back on you, what's your, I mean, you probably wouldn't say, would you? What's your favourite soap to work on? Uh, oh, I mean, no. Are I'm they all different? Say- I think I've always said they're all quite different. I've always said Emmerdale just because I was there the longest and it was my first yeah. one. I just feel like this. It was always like home. Like when I went to the soap boards with EastEnders and we were up for the Queen Vic Fire episode, but then EastEnders won that night and literally I was the only, I just sat on my chair because I thought I can't go up because the Emmerdale people were just giving Aww. me work because you just felt like you were cheating. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but not, but I love working on them all, but I think Emmerdale just will always stay in my heart for being... Because that's why I still live in Leeds. Do you know what I mean? And it was. Like, yeah. It, it's yeah, like definitely. Start. But I mean, EastEnders was the one that I was most excited about because I grew up watching EastEnders. So I could not believe. I mean, I always say my first shoot was on the Queen Vic Fire and it was a night shoot and the whole cast came out. So I had. Jim oh, my Brown, God. Um, you must have been Kevin so Arnold nervous. Winter, 
Steve McFadden, oh, Sloan, <gasps> Patsy. It was like, yeah. But I don't oh, know, you, you don't, you kind of turn off the nerves when you, it's afterwards. I go, I can't believe I did that. Like, you just snap into work mode. Suddenly. Yeah, you do. You have to, otherwise you'd lose control. Imagine, you know, you, you have to just sort of get into work mode. But that is iconic that's amazing no yeah. i love eastenders it's yeah it is like one of my favorites right, so EastEnders, um, day. we need sharia you, who, <laughs> could you, who could you be you could be like a new slater yeah or yeah. i could come in I, I could come in as a look at me thinking up of storylines here yeah um i could come in as the new um beauty uh, salon owner and oh, yeah. uh whitney, whitney needs like a good like personalized, she could have a distant relative that comes back. I think Whitney, that you're. Oh, well, there you go. There no, you go. No, that no, could no. be me. <laughs> well, listen, it's been so amazing to have you on. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh no, thanks for having me. I've loved it. A little trip down memory lane. I, I know a little really. trip down Thank memory lane. And as we all keep saying, at this point with lockdown and everything, nostalgia is like really shone through because people are loving you so I think comfort is what people love at the moment definitely and, definitely and we you know when we were when you did Emmerdale when I I mean it, you know you can't beat those years it's never going to recover no. from us going so definitely that's some of the good times oh well so lovely to speak to you and we will see each other in the flesh when we can because it'll be lovely yes to definitely you. you take care of yourself Thanks so much really love to love. love. <laughs> bye <laughs> And just to let you in on a little secret, we said hello together in vision on Zoom before we recorded that. And Cherie was actually sat in her huge, amazing walk-in wardrobe, of which I'm still very jealous. But thanks so much for coming on the show, Cherie. And remember, this series, there are two episodes every single Sunday. The other episode this week, I've reunited the Moon Brothers of EastEnders, Tony Discipline and Matt Leplinska. So make sure you listen to that. I would like to thank David and Eileen Stevens and the Bothy for all their edit and technical wizardry and Ian McCallum for all of his press and PR help. Interact with me all week on social media at Soap from the Box on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Stay safe, have a good week and I'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>